The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today, we're welcoming back Golden State Mining Code, GSM, trading around 4.6 cents for a market cap of $5.4 million, which is uh, just where Garen Perro likes to see market caps, particularly when you've got an active explorer on the ground across gold, lithium and base metals such as Golden State Mining. We have the MD back with us today, Mike Moore, to give us a rundown on what the company's been up to, and more importantly, what to look forward to uh, as the rest of the year unfolds. So with that, we'll jump straight into it. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Barry. Good to be back as ever. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Mike, uh, I mentioned you guys have been uh, very active, uh, systematic as always. Uh, that's always been the case with the, the company as particularly at its flagship project uh, in the what's called Yule up there in the Pilbara in recent uh, times. There's some real lithium uh, excitement coming through there. It's a uh, good place to start, I guess. Well, what's the story? Yeah, well, we've been up there for two and a half years now. It was uh, just after the everybody realised that there was something going on with uh, DeGray and Hemi that we had the opportunity to get up there and... Even pre-IPO, we were conscious that uh, there was a gold opportunity there, but there was also a, a lithium opportunity there that had, that had been identified, you know, in the mid two thousands. And so, pre-IPO, we secured the services of Dr. Marcus Sweetapple. Marcus is a bit of an expert in the field of lithium and lithium pegmatites. Yeah. But pre-IPO, my, uh, myself and, and Jeff and Marcus managed to get up there and conducted some field visits. So really, this has been on our radar since pre-IPO, but obviously we've only been actively exploring up there for two and a half years. I've, we've built a package up from about just over 400 square Ks at the IPO to 730 odd square Ks now. So we've built our built our land package there, which is great. It's given us a little bit more optionality. And since then, We've conducted five drill programs, drilled around 50,000 metres. So I would say just after DeGray, we are the most active explorer there by some margin, really, mm. given the resources that we've thrown at it. And as you know, and just to remind the listeners that we've got an area there where there's no outcrop. So there are no shortcuts. There's no mapping to be done and you can't do surface geochem. It doesn't give you any valuable information whatsoever. So you are reliant on the quality of your geophysicists, the quality of your, of your data. Uh, they interpret that. They give you some targets, and we've had, you know, 30-odd targets that we generated. And then it's all about the drilling. So usually we just go in with the air core, and get through the cover sequence, which is generally about 25 metres, although we have had it as shallow as uh, two or three metres, surprisingly, which is mm. actually quite nice. And um, we use that as our first pass. We It's basically glorified geochemical sampling. And then once we've got something juicy and something that gives us some pathfinders, some indicators, 
as to where to drill, then you obviously follow that up with the RC drilling. That's a bigger footprint, allows you to go much deeper. And so this last drill program that we reported on at Yule, being the newly named Nomad Prospect, it was a lithium uh, focused program, but we're also conscious that uh, there is a gold endowment up there. But in terms of the results, they were, you know, very much, um, you know, focused on the lithium side of things. And we had some some pretty interesting results come from that. And obviously, we released that, that announcement a couple of weeks ago. So it's been a it's been an exhaustive process, but it's it's good, diligent geological work. Obviously, you love to have a discovery. Uh, a fluke discovery on your first drill hole. But what we're doing is we're better understanding that region. The drill hole density that we've got up there is still less than one per square kilometre. So you can see that there's still a fantastic opportunity there mm. for further exploration and, and further targets to be firmed up, perhaps even given names as we've uh, as we've done with Nomad. And But obviously early next year, we will be focusing on getting back to Nomad uh, with some more aggressive uh, drill programs and, and also looking to spread uh, the the area that we've been exploring in that particular Nomad prospect. And what was it specifically about Nomad? Do I understand it had something to do with the arsenic assay values? Yeah, you know, we, we the Air Corps itself highlighted, previously highlighted the fact that there was lithium and gold there. But what we did have was this quite pervasive arsenic footprint and so, you know, when you immediately initially think of, of arsenic, you do think of its association with gold. So we felt that it, either way, it was, a, it was a positive marker and quite distinctive in that particular area. And now what we have, you know, in the same spot effectively is we've got a, a fairly decent, decent lithium, cesium and rubidium anomaly that, that pretty much follows the outline of that arsenic anomaly as we've drilled it and and also in that last phase that last program we had some really quite high cesium numbers now normally you would expect to see single digit cesium numbers just generally mm. nothing to write home about but you know our best intercept was uh, six meters at 440 parts per million now that's that's really up there and that really did peak marcus's um, uh, interest, given that it's a it's a, it's an element that's not very mobile, so it hasn't travelled far, it hasn't moved far. So we're thinking, where's the source? So we've got the sort of the interpreted hallmarks of a of a lithium pegmatite, you know, within QE of that prospect. Now it's you know that first phase of drilling, you've got really widely spaced drill holes. You know, you've got perhaps up to three hundred and sixty meters between drill lines. So there's a huge amount of area that we need to infill in that respect so that we can start to develop these vectors and understand where that source is. But we know we've got the right geological environment up there. We've got a, a fertile granite that's um, you know not too far away, uh, and we've got the right sort of structural setting there. So in all those senses, what we're seeing in these early phases of drilling are just justifying you know, that as a target because it's got all those key ingredients, the fertile granite. Interestingly, you know, we, we didn't, we weren't thinking too much about that arsenic footprint until Marcus highlighted the fact that, you know, some lithium deposits do have these arsenic footprints uh, around the world. 
and uh, you know Greenbush has been one of them. So that was that was just a, you know, another little tick in the box in terms of what are the positives that we're seeing here, and why we think that this is a you know an absolutely valid target, and that just requires requires further drilling. You know all of that infill drilling, but also uh, drilling to a greater depth. Yeah. So just to recap, the forward program that there will entail drilling in the new year. Absolutely. So there'll be more air core drilling and more RC drilling on that. We'll obviously get the wet season out of the way. That's usually, it can be a bit of a stumbling block over sort of December, January, early February. But once things start to dry up, we know we can get the rigs back in there. I mean, when the guys at at Hemi made their discovery at at De Grey, the wet season means nothing to them because they've they've already established the fact that there's a deposit there. It's a, it's a fantastic deposit and they've got a lot more resources to throw at building better quality roads and to be able to, you know, justify some of the standby that you get with those poorer weather events for us. We have to be very conscious that when we go somewhere to drill, we don't want interruptions and we don't want standby because that's a killer. It can you know, effectively double the cost of a program. So we have to be quite prudent in terms of the weather. And we obviously pick a pick an early part of the season where we feel that we've uh, we've sort of we're going to miss that rain and we can get in there and drill unencumbered and uh, and get the best bang for our buck basically so the plan is to be there you know probably end of march early april uh, but in the meantime you know we've still got a fair bit of work to do on some of our other projects that are now starting to elevate their way up the the priority regime as um, you know as uh, as as we get more work done and we better understand the opportunities mm. the Obviously, uh, just a reminder to listeners that uh, we're talking about the same neck of the woods as uh, De Grey's uh, Hemi Molina project. Now, Temily announces a final investment decision probably uh, around this time, if not earlier next year, and uh, it'll be uh, probably Australia's uh, next biggest and uh, best gold mine. So just on the gold front, how's the yule shaping up for you guys now? Well, again, you know, it's we we have done some really really good work there, and you know, Ewell East is very very interesting from that perspective. Many many years ago, Troy Resources did some drilling up there. They did some air core drilling uh, along the Ewell River Shear, again focusing on gold and base metals. Uh, you know, our previous drilling has demonstrated the the validity of that premise, and so there's opportunities there to get back in there next year. You know. There's the potential for another significant air core program as we follow up on that. And, and that, that shear is an important linking structure. It runs all the way up to the shoal shear in the north. And so quite an important bit of the architecture in that particular region. But also Yule South, you know, we've got, um, you know, we've got plenty of gold targets there. But really, in terms of the most advanced target, it is Nomad. Uh, in terms of the lithium, but you've absolutely got to keep your eyes wide open there. And, you know, the multi-element analysis is very, very important. You know, obviously, sometimes if you're a little cash constrained, you're only looking to do, you know, do the gold assays, but you've really got to, these days, you've got to run the full suite because, you know, we've got the, we've got the, you know, the, the demand for lithium, but we're also considering that the rare earth elements as well. So you've got to be, you know, you've got to be sharp as a pin. You've got to be understanding what opportunities you have. And so we need all of these techniques to be deployed so that we can get the best out of our exploration. But certainly Yule South is still very interesting from a gold perspective. 
your north again we've we've you know there is opportunity for lithium up there there is a there is a nickel target up there um but you know in the south we're right on the highway logistics very very easy the northern end it's just a bit more of a drive a little bit more technically challenging but you know really in terms of accessing that part of the world Barry you know it's a you know we, we can leave here at sort of half past mm-hmm. five six o'clock in the morning and we can be on site by half past nine yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, we got the we got the highway running through the tenements. We're only you know thirty odd k's from Port Hedland. You know, a superb export facility. And yeah, we've got all the resources, uh, you know, and all the support services that a, a significant industrial town offers. So that part of the world, I think, that part of the world is going to become more and more important as a key lithium hub. And you know, what we're seeing now in terms of investment in that part of the world. You know, we've got companies offshore considering it, you know, for, you know, value add processing, just, just, just that, that region now is, is known globally um, as, a, as a really, really important um, part of the world for, you know, lithium mining, but also hopefully future processing and value adding. But I look forward to significant further investment over the next decade, I, I think, in that part of the world. And you know, we really can become a number one destination. I mean, why would you want to? deal with you know any other jurisdiction we've got the stability that we require here and we've got a, a fantastic workforce you know we're massively upskilling and focusing on uh, you know certainly on the lithium side of things so a, a good place to have an asset i say absolutely and of course the uh, industry leader there pilbara minerals uh, i was having a look at it yesterday actually and uh, 12 months ago it was a two and a half billion dollar company and as we speak today a 16 billion dollar company so just gives people a feel for what's going on in that lithium space. So you're in the thick of the things there. Hmm. Are we really doing the right things here, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the skills and the expertise and the approach that these companies are taking, a very proactive approach. Uh, you know, WA is 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 on the map with with all of the, the, the major, major industrial consumers of lithium. So we are absolutely in the right spot. And, you know, you're, when, you're, when you're talking to these groups about the opportunity, they get it. You know, they get it. They absolutely understand that this is a key destination and a place that they really, really want to do business because we've got that consistency and stability. Uh, just before leaving Nomad, uh, what's in a name? Why Nomad? Well, it was a, it was a pretty long list. Um, mm. And <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a tricky one. Um, but that's just random names. Um, I even went back to one of my uh, James mining books from the 70s to, uh, to, to look for some inspiration. Um, some of those names now are a little bit um, un-PC. But, uh, but Nomad, yeah, it just seemed to ring right. And um, we just wanted something that would stick in the brain of, uh, of, uh, of those that um, you know, can want to refer to it. For sure. Okay. All right. So let's uh, switch down to uh, the Murchison, where you've yes. got Payne's Find, uh, again, lithium. What's the uh, story there? Well, we, as, as I said, we put uh, Marcus and our geophysicist in, in a dark room together and said, look, come and find us. All the low-hanging fruit probably 18 months ago in terms of lithium had already been picked up. But, you know, as always in this state, you know, there are always opportunities hiding in plain sight. And we've only got to consider some of them, you know, significant discoveries over the last three or four years mm-hmm. to realise that suddenly somewhere that was off the beaten track and way off the radar is suddenly an important mineral district. 
And I, I guess Payne's Finds had a, a little bit of a checkered history in terms of gold. But the guys came back and said, look, we really like this area for its lithium prospectivity. You know, we, it's got the right granites, the right fertile granites, um, and what we're seeing in the geophysics. And, you know, that there, there was not a lot of work had been done out there, but the work that had been done, you know, indicated that this could be a very, very interesting area. So we've picked up roughly 1,200 square kilometres there as we speak. Now, the first formal um, soil sampling program is being conducted. So the guys have got two weeks there. So we've thrown a fair bit of resources at, uh, at getting to understand this. Mm. And actually, funny enough, not long after the uh, after we picked this ground up, the guys at Tempest Minerals had that Malaya discovery. So again, it shone a slightly different spotlight. Maybe there's also some base metals prospectivity, but really our main focus in picking up that ground was for the lithium opportunity. And what I quite like about it is it's it's four and a bit hours from Perth. So mm. very easy to access, very easy to get there. And of course, you know, we've got a we've got a highway that runs right through the, the middle of the tenements. You've got the the, the service station, the servo there, um, the roadhouse. They've got accommodation, uh, good quality accommodation. They've got food. You know, so in terms of us getting out there, it's very easy logistically. The costs are fairly low because you're not having to set up remote camps. Mm. You know, we've basically got a great camp facility there at the back of the roadhouse with uh, with lots of tunnels. So it ticked a lot of boxes in that regard. And also, you know, access to Geraldton Port when you're thinking big, you know, what's this going to look like down, you know, down the track and in the future? Well, we've got great logistics and we've got when we've got an export, uh, you know, facility, should we be, you know, fortunate enough to, to make a discovery? And again, it's an area that people know. Uh, we're not out in the arse end of whoop whoop, so people get it. It's a it's a it's a well understood location, mm-hmm. and you know, mineralogically and from a ge- from a geological perspective, very very interesting. So we were very pleased to pick that one up, you know, just just for the cost of uh, some forward rents and uh, and the application fees. So you know, for us, it's about can we pick things up at low cost, at low cost to the shareholder. We're not spending a lot of money on. On, on deals, we're not diluting the shareholders unnecessarily. Let's pick up good ground. Let's do te- good technical work, and if we can get a discovery out of one of these homegrown projects, you know the returns for shareholders are obviously a lot better. Mm. Okay. Well, the uh, as part of your, uh, I think it was about twelve months or so ago, you you said that you had uh, taken a step back and looked at WA and had the experts in and where do we go? And one of those that came out of that, uh, I seem to remember was a uh, four mile well at the uh, Laverton. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, now that must be being worked up to a stage where you consider, consider drilling at all. Absolutely. We've, you know, we've, we've been slowly inching our way north there, Barry, from the original tenement that was literally uh, adjacent to the Lancefield mine. We've acquired two further tenements to the north, um, and so the, the plan, the one that we like the most is, is, is the last to be granted. And so we are planning an air core program on that. And the good, I think from my perspective, it's nice to have binary outcomes. So the first two tenements that we, that, that, that we've got there, the drilling wasn't that great. So, you know, we move on, but the Northern tenement was the one that the guys liked the most geologically. So we'll throw an air core rig on that you know, probably early in the new year. We'll definitely get there before Yule. And again, it's going to be a fairly binary outcome. Um, so that's quite a simple proposition for us in terms of next year. If there's something there, great. If it's not, well, then it's surplus to requirements. And again, we simplify the story for the investor. I think what they want us to do is go there, go do good work. 
Um, deploy the best minds on it. If you don't think there's a chance, well, then move it on. Let's not get distracted and let's apply that. Let's apply that approach. We apply that approach to uh, to Q. There's an opportunity at Q, but it's just not the right opportunity for a company like ours. We were there looking for something big. It didn't materialize. So, you know, we're looking for somebody to take that on and they, they would look to do the small scale mining. That's not what our investors want us to make a, you know, a, a new mm. big discovery. Um, one of the other interesting opportunities and was definitely part of that program whereby we looked at the whole state last year was the area and the ground that we've picked up at Southern Cross. That is quite interesting. Uh, we're north of Southern Cross with a little bit of east in it. And there's a, you know, a buried greenstone unit there, very, very little exploration. Um, you know, a lot of other mines and prospects mm-hmm. um, where this unit, um, you know, daylights. So again, that, we've got the team that's currently doing the work at Payne's Farm, Small Sovereign at Payne's Farm, going straight there afterwards to do another two-week campaign. So that's, I'm really looking forward to those, those results coming back early in the new year. That, that could surprise us, I think. I'm, you know, again, good work, picked up in the geophysics, great structure there, um, and, and lots of other gold deposits to the north, to the east, and to the west. So, um, yeah, watch this space on that one. I think it was just a, a great pickup. Again, didn't cost us very much money. Everybody knows Southern Cross, logistically very simple. So it's a, another great one to have in the bag. And, you know, if you do turn up something there, it, you know, for the investor, it, it didn't cost us anything. And that's what kind of what they want to see, you know, pick up something, do the work on it. If it looks prospective, mm. carry on. If it doesn't, you know, move it on. Yeah, uh, interesting strategy. Um so let's uh, bring it all together for investors and just give them a feel, if we can, for what to look out for as the uh, the year comes to a close and I guess uh, what excitement they can look out for in early next year. So the back end of the year will be firming up the targets around the Nomad prospect uh, for drilling uh, just before Easter next year. We've got two soil campaigns across lithium and gold. Those results will be out early in the new year. And uh, you know, and we are looking to to significantly and build aggressively our exploration at Yule in the Pilbara in the early to mid part of next year. So really quite a good back end. As we said, it was quite a technical announcement that last year one, but I think those that dive deeply into it and maybe chuck it at a mate of theirs who's a, who's an armchair geo, I think they would be buoyed by that announcement and very optimistic for next year. Yeah. Okay, there we go, folks. Interesting story. And as I uh, opened up with, or with, uh, from a current market cap of uh, less than $6 million. So talk about bang for your buck. Alrighty, Mike. Well, thanks again for your time, and we'll be watching with interest. Good luck with it all. Pleasure, Barry. Cheers.